Good afternoon and, from the east out, good, east coast. Yes, good, and I will mod you. Thank you. And then there, and then you'll be in a position to help, <laughs> and and we can start talking about sex or maybe you know in the Zen sort of thing, uh, no sex. Uh huh. So well, let's. M- there's many ways. People do say it starts in the brain. Right. Okay. But so so they might be having sex and they're just not telling anybody about it or that it's only in the brain. It won't reproduce the race <laughs> if it's only in the brain. Hey, man, that's, you know. True. Fair, but yes. a couple of clicks of the keyboarding can get you surrogacy. There's that too, well, right? That's. That's true. Let me... Um, and we're live on Colin as well, so anyone who wants to come up, please let me know. All right, so let me let me uh, set the room, and then we can slowly get going. Um, because I, I really want to... I want to see at the end of, you know, at the end of this, I want to see if we can come up with some really good reasons for uh, why we didn't have sex. This is how, first of all, this is the Karma Club. This is episode number, what would you say, Heyman, 44? Long, yeah, a lot. I'm actually itemizing it and we'll have our full uh, list. I think it's episode 44. Uh, uh, it's, it is. It's, we'll call it episode 44 for this week. We can always change it next week. Yeah, actually, you're um, right. It's 43, actually. Oh, okay. So here's the thing. I've been on Clubhouse for two years, folks folks down in the audience. Uh, I've been on Clubhouse for two years, and um, I started a club called Karma Club. And Karma Club is a club that considers things in every other term but money. What is there to life? And why do people focus so much on money when there are so many other things to focus on, especially karma? And my goal here is to have discussions that could be contentious, but won't be because I, I, I'm um, not in the mood for that. And, um, and try and figure out some of the big problems that we have and why we're having them and what we can do about them. And I tend to stick to um, kitchen table things. So last last week, um, last week we talked about marriage and whether marriage was still necessary or relevant and not very far from marriage is the idea of sex. And so I was reading along in um, I suppose the Atlantic, and, um, and I found an article called Why Are We All So Lonely? And it talked about the fact that 25% of us had had no sex last year. And it didn't go back any further than that. But to me, that is a very big number. And it's not, um, it, it's not, um, a matter of the older people, the population aging and the older people not having sex. It's a matter of 
young people not having sex. And there are, there are a lot of different reasons for this. Maybe, um, maybe part of it was the pandemic and part of it is uh, changing attitudes. And part of it is fear of new ways of coming on to women. I don't know what it is, and I'm I'm trying to not suggest anything because I really don't know. I want to discuss it and find out whether this is a global phenomenon or a national phenomenon or not a uh, <laughs> not a phenomenon at all. But I want to talk about it because I think it's a big deal. Not only can't we procreate the race, and by the way, globally, I did do some research, and I found out that globally, um, the population is predict is falling, and is predicted to fall, and life expectancy is, it has dropped partly because of the pandemic. But anyway, my, my thought process around this is that there is some kind of uh, lack of connection being made. And while we're fixing climate change and the war in Ukraine and um, all sorts of issues, we're not fixing what is basically the most primitive issue that we always could depend on. Um, and that is, you know, carrying on the race. So this week, oh, here it is, not the Atlantic, the New Yorker. So, okay, so so it's the New Yorker saying, how, how did everyone get so lonely? And it, it's, so it's, it's a very complicated topic and it involves uh, Viagra and it involves the pandemic and it involves social change and it involves lots of different factors. So uh, I'd like to get into it, but I need to tell you first that the Karma Club is brought to you by the Karma Coin, and the Karma Coin is a social token that supports artists, and it's uh, not uh, not a part of Web3 that is controlled by big venture capitalists and outside people. The Karma Coin is a small social token that creates an economy of friends of mine and and followers of mine and my community that helps me raise money to support other artists. And that is something very near and dear to my heart. Um, I've been a creator all my life. A lot of young creators cannot live on uh, what they can make from selling their art. And so I'm trying to help, and that's what the Karma Coin does. And that's, that's why the goal of this club and the goal of this room is to focus on bringing more good karma into the world. Good karma. You get back what you put out. And that, that's the whole um, object of this room. I'm trying to put out you know, maybe it's fun stuff, maybe it's serious, um, intellectually challenging stuff, but whatever it is, um, we're going to leave the world a better place than when we got here. 
Okay, so who's got a theory? Why aren't we having sex? All right. Um, All right, Barbara always has a theory. Go ahead, Barbara. Yeah, so I think there's, well, first of all, you've got to define sex, right? Because uh, there are some gender differences around that, right? Um, around women tending to want more emotional connection and it being more transactional for men. But but I want to look at it as a generational view because I'm super concerned. So Hannah Rosen wrote a book, I hate the title, called The End of Men. But the, but the research that she did is really, really revealing as to what's happening in society today. And, and younger men, like you mentioned, and I have sons and grandsons, um, are really confused and uh, not knowing how to have relationships that uh, create that emotional connection for women, right? So I think it's a generation thing. And when you come, and I can say a lot more, but I don't want to take too much airtime. But in terms of the population, we know, and we've known this for over a decade now, that Italy, France, Germany, Scandinavia, the population has gone down. And uh, even, I was just talking last week, Denmark, when women get pregnant, they offer, the Danish government gives them subsidies, like free, free diapers for a year. I mean, all kinds of gifts and things like that, just to encourage, to increase the Danish population, right? Because there is that concern, right? But back to your key question was how everyone got so lonely. I think that um, social media hasn't helped. I think that our ability to just really be physically together in person, uh, you know, that emotional connection has you know, pandemic has created a rift in that, but I think it's it was there before because of the internet. You know, we sort of hide behind our computer a lot and certain generations do anyway. The last thing I'm gonna say is I spent several hours with my grandson who is twenty one years old and he had has one date three years ago and he went out on a date uh, for coffee and she do said Do people just... still date? I think we ought to ask He he went out for coffee. Yeah, he went out for coffee. And uh, she, after about 20 minutes, said, oh, let's just be friends. And they'd been talking on social media for nine months, right? So, you know, anyway, you hear me. I have a lot more to say, but I'll pass it over to whoever else wants to add. I'm Barbara, I'm done for now. Sinead? Sinead? Hi, yes. I don't really have an answer to your question in why people aren't having sex. I came up because I'm intrigued at... I wasn't sure. I don't recall the exact stats you gave in the beginning, but in my small circle, I didn't. I haven't done research. I thought it would be the opposite. I have a lot of people I know in the younger generation that are freer with casual uh, hookups, casual sex, uh, polyamorous relationships, and with women being quote unquote allowed to um, not be judged as harsh as they used to be in the past about having open sex, um, I thought people were having more sex. Now, sex and uh, population aren't necessarily the same thing because people are probably taking stronger measures to not get pregnant. Um, but yeah, I was really intrigued that, that it seems to be they're having less sex. I, was, I would not have thought that. And I think also we should define what the goal is, right? The sex has a different reason. I mean, you do, you have sex for different reasons, uh, for pleasure, to procreate, to, I'm not sure, relieve stress. 
there's many reasons, right? So I think that's important to understand. And TJ, you're on the call-in side. Did you want to chime in? Yeah, certainly. Such a fascinating topic of conversation. And I've also heard that data as well. I, my first, I've got two points. The first point is what I would think about is the misery index. I think that's quite high right now. And so I think a lot of people are just miserable uh, and don't have a whole lot of capacity to date in general, right? Or, or seek the opposite sex or have one night stands or flings or actual real relationships. I think that's probably also um, on the low end as well. And so maybe that has something to do with it um, in general. And also there's a little bit difference in the dating field be between men and women in general. Um, you know, a lot of studies have shown this, but men rate uh, the opposite tech uh, sex on a level on a, on a bell curve scale of attractiveness, um, lower percentages, higher percentages, and, and basically the mean uh, women don't rate the opposite sex on that same level. Um, and so they have a different level of, of attractiveness. And so basically what we're seeing is, a large majority of the dating pool on the male side, not having a whole lot of options and a small amount on, on the dating pool, having a large amount of options. And so there's a, there's an inaccurate distribution basically on that. And I think that probably correlate to those little numbers too. And so there's like a lot of factors, but I think the first thing that came to mind to me is just the misery index right now. I think that I think that referring to it to the misery as the misery index is probably pretty good. But there, there are a number of groups um, that are made up of men who have decided not to deal with women at all. And this may be related to what you just said, TJ. I mean, that, that, that they don't have the same, um, the same standards for what constitutes an appropriate partner. But, you know... Back in the day, when you were miserable, that was when you wanted to leap into bed with somebody. That has, I guess, all changed. Yeah, I think so. I, there's a lot of options, right? I think now with online dating, um, there's a lot of options to date uh, if you want to go on dates or or uh, have one night stand. I mean, there's a lot of options for online dating. So I, I think it's probably easier than ever to find a compatible person, whether that's short or long term relationship. And so it's better in that regards, but also the other side to that too, it allows individuals to be highly selective in that sense. And so I think what we're doing is we're seeing a lot of people probably just testing the waters, uh, but not actually, uh, to the other caller's point, actually going on, on dates. And so if there is um, a, a difference in uh, opportunity for men, right, uh, with the pressures of the economy and all that, they probably choose just drop out of the dating pool. I mean, it's more expensive than ever, if at all possible, to start families now, um, in general. Uh, so that that's probably compounds the issue too. And also expectations, right? I mean, I don't know. Uh, in terms of those uh, dating um, things where they meet and then finally the girl um, maybe, or the one or the other uh, partner actually uh, says, you know what, let's be friends or something. It's also calculation I think a lot of people are now doing uh, in terms of uh, what do I need in a partner? Um, um, sex is just a mean, I mean, it's part of the relationship, but it's not really uh, the reason for the relationship, right? So it's basically they're doing calculations about, okay, how much can this person uh, bring to this relationship? Um, will I be, you know, are they meeting my goals? And I think there's a lot of 
if you look on social media and all the news that comes out, people have like, you know, indexes and all these little um, helpful guides on how to go about finding your ideal partner. And I think some of even the big book writers and big uh, intellectuals, let's say, in our midst from all spectrums, I'm talking right, left, everywhere, are actually discussing this kind of thing. So I'm just wondering how much that has an impact. We're we're not talking about partner like life partner here. We're talking about sex. You know, we're talking we're talking about hookup. Right. But no, no. But you also brought up procreation at the beginning, right? You're worried about the procreation part. So that's the point. That's the investment. Well, we don't get to that second part, the procreation part, if we don't get to the sex part. Right. But that's a. It's like a mortgage contract, right? (laughs) Once once you sign (laughs) the deal, once you have that sex, it's that's it, right? You actually have a contract now to look after the offspring. And I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking in that sense. Sorry, uh, Gouda we, came on. Yeah. Yeah. Can we make yeah, the, and then I, we, I have more to add after that. Can we make the, the, uh, the argument that, that sexual outcomes is solely controlled by the female or mostly controlled? I'll, by the I'll let the ladies, uh, yeah. Yeah. Barbara Seriously? and then Gouda. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. Uh, Barbara, good. Yeah. I, I would, uh, that's going to take a week to talk about that question that you just said. But I just want to talk, Heyman, just in terms of your point there. Yes, I think there are different intentions, right? There are the hookup, which I would have never, ever in my entire life had any interest in having. I wanted a relationship, you know, or why bother, you know? Um, but I, I want to talk a little bit about Dr. Helen Fisher because she's probably the most preeminent expert in the area. She's written several books, one called Why We Love, and the other one, Why Him, Why Her. She's also partnered with Match.com, and they've done 470 studies around this. And they looked, and they said exactly what you said, Heyman, which is um, that we look for, for people who provides things we need. And that includes in the sexual side, too. But certainly in the relationship side, the more long-term procreation side of it, um, is there. And now we also know that, you know, as women, you know, in our generation, Francine, I'm, I'm a bit younger than you. Um, but, you know, we, we were kind of said, you need to be whole and complete. You know, you can't, you know, she can't, he can't complete you. You know what I mean? So I think there are a lot of women out there who have become self-actualized and be, have become much more selective in who they have sex with. Uh, and that's become a real a challenge for men, as you said, men are creating separate rooms or they feel like they're on eggshells and, you know, women are, feel more empowered, right? But let's go globally because there are countries and, you know, with Harvard Kennedy School, we did studies in, in Africa and where the women, I mean, literally, they, they, they view the women, do not view the, the, the sex as an emotional connection. They look at it as a transaction, you know, am I going to have a baby or not? I don't want one. I don't want sex, you know? So that's the kind of the basic, simple, not simple, but the basic um, needs that they, the way, a mindset that they look at it, you know? So there's a lot of complexity to this. But I'll see, I don't see things think that way. There's so many methods of birth control, you know, that, that you could easily have sex and not get pregnant. But I, I don't understand why people even aren't even trying to connect. I mean, this is such a shitty world to use the technical term. And you would think that, yep. you would think that everybody in their right mind would be seeking comfort from somewhere. 
Yeah, I, I think they are. They are, right? If you look at the stats, uh, I pulled up the stats for pornography and uh, the rate of internet oh. sex use, right? Oh, and okay. also, remember, China's getting concerned by that, too. They had a 23% rise in the use of those sites during the, uh, the start of the pandemic. That's why one of the reasons why they clamped down a lot, right? Because they're having a huge birth rate crisis. Uh, in the North America, it's the same thing. And it's, it's happening around the world. If you look at all the research papers, even in Pakistan, they were concerned by it. Right. Uh, so there's uh, they said also in uh, in terms of young people's romantic relationships, there's an article that uh, came out that basically said adolescents and young adults have continued to engage in sexual and romantic relationships during the COVID pandemic, although the di- distance, physical distancing has impacted it. And also there's also continued need for sexual health education and services uh, that ha- were lacking during this period. And um, I mean, that's a factor for the young people, but there's so many other ways for them to have uh, non-physical intimacy, right? Oh, that is a point that you, that I, to be really honest, Heyman, I never even thought about that point, but people are having sex with themselves. Oh yeah, that too. But (laughs) Which is brilliant. Yeah, but it doesn't—it doesn't do anything for the future of the human race. Well, that's something else. It doesn't really do anything for loneliness, right? Well, there is something else. There's loneliness. I mean, and solitude, right? And I think it's something that people should uh, also appreciate to love themselves. You know, and to be with themselves and their own company. That's a big independent move. And especially towards health relationships. Yeah. But you guys spoke with a lot of things. I thought we were going to talk about hookups, for instance, as well. (laughs) That's our night episode. Stay tuned for the late night show. Good. Nobody is running here. To talk about hookups, and on the contrary of Barbara, I'm totally in favor. I think hookups can be great. I think you don't have commitment, you don't have consequence, and as two adults, and you should know the rules of the game. The only issue as a woman that I see on that is that basically... In doing that, we empower ourselves to behave sexually just like guys always did. And a lot of them cannot handle that. It's well, very funny. Very funny. A lifetime of hookups. The studies will a show. Life- sorry, I think uh, TJ or uh, TJ wanted to chime TJ, in and David. I'm sorry. TJ and then David. Go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, too, it's, it's not good for the human race um, <laughs> to the point. And, uh, and also, too, it's my original question is, the, the outcome of a sexual encounter is that mostly controlled by females. And if you could make that argument, then it is, uh, then given men the chance for more sexual encounters, we'll, we'll mostly choose for the more versus the, the less. And so that's an interesting point. And I guess the, the sorry, the who would is, choose for the more though? Uh, like, I, I, I think, I think given if you were to give men more opportunity for sexual encounters, I think the majority of men would, would, would choose. Yeah, I, I would actually, right. actually, I've been looking into this, and I think I would defer, I mean, I would just debate that in the future part, because I think there's a lot of problems with sex in itself. A lot of people don't know what sex is, and and that's also what's ruining it. So men think they're great, 
um, and that also doesn't work out. I've also noticed in the senior population, especially with the Viagra use, uh, men think that they need it and they think there's a certain way and they end up going to, they cheat on their, even their elderly spouses uh, because they think um, that's not, it's, it's a lot more talk to that. Sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say that. So we talk about the outcome of sexual experiences. Where the the topic is, twenty five percent had no outcomes or, or sexual encounters last right. year. Okay, right. so so who's in control of those encounters? And if it's equally men and women, then then fine. And you look at intentions. But if it's mostly women who determine the outcome of sexual encounters, then you but, have to look at some of the things that they're expecting. But it's also a question of whether sex is a necessity to life or is it the dessert of a good relationship? Well, I would say it's a necessity the for the is, culture and for, for human, for human, uh, for the future of the human race. Like uh, relationships and families are, are a great thing and extremely important. So the more of them, uh, the, the better for, for culture, right? So, uh, But wait, I, I, I'm I sorry. I, I think that the debate is going in a very, let's say, I don't know if it's structure way or moralistic way or, you know, because sex goes beyond all that. It's about your search of your pleasure, right? It's about finding new boundaries, how to enjoy sex and have pleasure. And technically shouldn't have anything to do with procreation all the time or it's men or women depends on culture as well. But significant part, I, part of the world does uh, believe that though, right? Sorry, good. I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it does. But that's the whole I, thing. I we Dr. have to Trish. be broader about it. Right? Can, I, can I jump I in? I want Dr. Trish to weigh in here for a second. Uh, uh, thank you, Dr. Francine, for, for recognizing me. And I have been a devoted follower. Of you. Oh. Uh-oh. What happened there? What happened? She disappeared from our stage for the call-in uh, folks. Um, she oh, will she wait is. for... No, here she is. Oh, perfect. She's back. And David uh, has been waiting as well. Or do you want David to speak in the meantime? David, do you want to chime in in the meantime while we wait? Uh, yeah, while we're waiting. Thanks. I just wanted to <clears throat> just give a nod to the complexity that's so fractal here. We've got age-ism, it, it, but there's so many different... Um, things that someone could have been in a prior relationship and not feel wanting to make that investment again, if it was maybe traumatic or horrible, there's, there's so much after a pandemic that I would look at not the baby boom, what happened before the baby boom before, during the great depression, why, when things are miserable, it's a shitty world. It's not a reason to go out. Um, Dr. Francine, no offense and go, be free with your body. It, I, that's not the way I look at it. It's people make that self-investment, the self-improvement, and maybe and are, are, have, have an improved sense of self when they come back out in the market and they see that it's highly disposable, that the market's expanded with, they call it inflation with apps that give promiscuity away without real commitment, trust, learning, get to know somebody. It becomes this expensive uh carousel that they may not want to participate in. And so I might, I don't want to sound like a cynic, but I can see there's a whole lot of reasons to say, to opt out, like, and become, uh, more willing to self-resolve the physicality of sex. I mean, look at the Amazon sales for, for, um, pleasure devices. 
No, uh, well, it doesn't I, I, mean that you use them alone, does it, David? It, it, wait, it, wait, hey, wait, I know wait. I didn't say I, 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 I'm trying not to go to any judgment level, but <laughs> it, hang on. I, it doesn't I, require I, any devices for men. Hey, man, can you try to get Trish up here? I've sent her an invite yeah. three times and she has her hand up and I can't get her on stage. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Let's hope. And also, by the way, Netherlands, I'm not sure uh, if someone could clarify this. I'm just checking it. Netherlands feels that it's a human right. Uh, to have, uh, have sex with a human right. And so they've actually helped uh, individuals with disabilities to uh, have uh, obtain um, the ability to have sex. Sorry, Dr. Sanders. <laughs> okay. Thank you guys for being tenacious and giving me a chance to speak. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I feel very strongly about this. I have been a venture capital banker, so I have that logical side of me but I've been teaching yoga since I was 17. And there is a spiritual, very sacred part of ourselves that is not being addressed in this discussion. I grew up in Japan. I am very, very worried about this situation that's going on on the planet. In Japan, it's a very cool thing right now if you have a $50,000 wedding to yourself. And it's mostly women that are doing that. But I am familiar, and Byron, Dr. Byron, who's in here, and I have talked a lot about how many, especially white um, men, have just decided they women are just too much trouble to put, to put up with. They don't want women in their lives. And these are heterosexual. These are not... Is this Byron that, Davies that you... Yeah, he's my, he's my friend, and we've worked on a lot of, a lot of he, projects he's together. He's my friend, too. <laughs> well, so the big question here for me is that you, you, we are energetic human beings. I have a PhD in energy medicine, and we are energy. And chakras are real. And if you guys Google it or figure it out or whatever, but I believe that on the planet, our root chakra is absolutely shut down. And there, there are reasons for it that we could go on for days and talk about it. But the, the essence of this... No, is that that's we, what I want to know. The okay. essence is that we each have a soul that is trying to find itself and trying to find the embodiment of all. And sex is the most incredible thing to reach that. The highest level of Tantra is not about buying the next feather or the next oil. It's about this union that happens when two people, two humans come together and they have this spiritual exchange that is absolutely totally real i've seen the you know blue ball between us it, it it is a real thing and it is so beautiful when you reach it sorry but you have we've got some interest in the other side call into what did you mean by the blue ball part because uh they, somebody was and roderick and roderick got kicked off the stage oh no too, and I, I'll, I'll try to pull him up okay sorry dr uh, sanders Go ahead, Dr. Church. 
the blue ball. Where- <laughs> oh, <laughs> There's I a blue know. ball between so, things, and I think. Um, so when you when you teach yourself, and when you've had enough teachers, you start to see energy. You can actually see waves and things like that. I mean, people talk about auras, and it takes a lot of work to to see stuff that you can't normally see because no, your brain I, I agree. your I brain only knows what it knows. Your brain is not able to see things that it doesn't understand how to interpret. So, you know, there's science behind all this, but I don't have time to get into it here. But you you can see if you experience Tantra, and this is, I'm, I am a master at learning and teaching. I've only had this happen once in my life. But you literally do have that feeling like of all is all, and you're so in that second, and I think maybe many of us on this call have had some sexual encounter that all of a sudden you were just in absolute and complete bliss, absolute. And when you can get to that with another person, it's it's like you said, Dr. Francine, it's intoxicating and we should all want that. But there's so much pain and so much hurt and so much distrust of ourselves and, and who we are on this, on this planet. Each of us are given this amazing thing that we are individually by ourselves to be. But we've been told, oh, we're not good enough. We can't have that, blah, blah, blah. And so we're so shut down to our potential. Anyway, I'm done. Thanks. <laughs> okay, so that's why I was trying to get to why are I understand all this. I've been a yoga practitioner for 25 years and I you know, I I I feel energy. I've gotten to the point in my practice, I've been practicing long enough where I can feel the energy in, you know, certain situations and certain yoga poses and so on. And and uh, it is for me um, can be induced by breathing in a certain way as much as by sex. But I'm, I guess my root chakra is not closed down, but I, I'm really interested in the thought that people's, and we don't have to call them root chakras, but maybe we call them openness to experience or, you know, willingness to um, let go and give yourself. I'm, you know, and I'm not sure, David, I'm trying to fit that into what you were trying to say. Um, I, I was talking about the intellectual enterprise of feeling like at the, beyond the intention and the desire to have sex and the intention to not be lonely is a malaise for people who have had bad, bad um, (laughs) co-investors in their prior enterprises. (laughs) And then they look at, then they look at that the more over time that the tendency over time to be a, I mean, I I live in Austin where Bumble's from. It's supposed to be, you know, women pick first. It's not, and I've never been on in these apps, but I've had friends that have gotten divorced that have been compelled by their friends to get on these apps. And, and then they have these horrible experiences. In fact, the last person I have had sex with probably shouldn't say this TMI um, was someone who 
had a bunch of horrible dating experiences on apps and she threw herself um my direction and it had to fall in my lap before i was like okay shit i might, I might as well take the opportunity so in that i guess that goes for the uh the data of one where the woman did did have it in her power but we're, we're still friends to this day it's not that and she hasn't found love somewhere else but that that sleazy feeling you get when you have to go back into a bar there's this thing about um starting the engine back up after COVID and finding that, that the world is a whole lot more anxious and politically already difficult that people will just opt to stay at home and pay that Netflix subscription or whatever. I'm just, it's it's just easier from an activation energy. I wanted to get to that point. Thank you for bringing it up because I think that's, I think that's one of the, you know, one of the causes or one of the root points. Um, Isaiah and Guy and Simmer, you haven't spoken yet. I have a question, Dr. Francine, on what was said before about pornography, that governments are worried about pornography, right? And I wonder in what level a government, government worried about pornography and the industry and what happens behind for pornography? Are they worried about what happened for the people as individual and their choice of using pornography at home? Or are they worried about pornography and grooming children for pedophilia, human traffic, exploitation of women, etc., etc.? So uh, I brought that up. It's just basically uh, what the readings have been and what the common idea has been is that they're folk, they're trying to wean people off of sort of these individual uh, these uh, pastimes and uh, try to basically improve their birth rates in China particularly. And they already have evidence from Japan, as someone already mentioned. Uh, sorry, uh, Dr. Sanders mentioned, right, uh, from Japan. Um, uh, because they have a huge problem of children uh, choosing not to have sex. And this started back uh-huh. in the early 2010s. Oh, so it was oh, Gouda, right. sorry. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, so then they are going, they are looking into the individual and not at the industry and as, all, as the, 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 nation, all yeah. the criminality that comes behind it. Okay. Yeah, it's more the, uh, the their, their, their civilization or their country, basically, their uh, economic progress. That's how they're considering it. All right. Meanwhile, the rest goes fine. Isaiah? No, no, because I I personally feel that the government shouldn't tackle people's individual choices, right? But they should tackle an industry that it's basically uh, uh, growing behind a lot of human drama Mm -hmm. and uh, crime. That's what I think. Before they are worried if we are reproducing, they should be worried with what's happening behind the pornography industry. Right. Well, yes, that's true. But I'm I'm reading this article here called 15 Reasons Why Single Men Are Giving Up on Women. Yeah. A medium article, yeah. No, this is called SecureSingle.com. Oh. Single men are giving up because they are tired of women trying to change them, uh, making men into their pet project. 
not communicating what they want, yep. not worth their time. They're sick of being thought of as animals. I have a, They're I, I, sick I, I, of they being... can't handle because we are independent. That's what it is. And then they are just putting translating in all those. No, that, I don't think that's accurate. To say no, that. there is TJ on the call yeah. side. Yeah, I don't think that's accurate to say that. I think men and women want the same thing. They want connection. Yeah. Like, I think it's good. Human interaction is only positive. Like, the more of it, the better. And so, if we're having an issue with humans interacting and not having sex, that's a big problem. I think also one thing that people don't do. consider is the marketing. Like, we're sold, right? In the early days, I think, uh, what is it? When did the white picket fences and two kids and a station wagon and all that start, that marketing? I don't know, but I have all of those. Yeah. <laughs> so, and also, I think, like, if you think about it, like, I, I have a big problem with, uh, like, the, the way uh, things are sold to us. Uh, for instance, even food. We don't know good food unless we actually have good food, right? We're sold like a food TV uh, marketing. Uh, same thing with pornography. I don't think people get the right information. And people think that this is how it's supposed to be. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, that's it, right? And you're supposed to have it so many times or whatever, right? Um, I think that's a false sense. And I think also I was listening with the, all this pandemic, daytime talk shows women's talk shows are i think very toxic like all the fashion and all these things about how to market and how to sell yourself to the guy and what to check for i think it's doing a disservice to women and also it's also well men don't have the similar thing on the other side that's known right i think they're starting to but i think that's the problem where there are people are being marketed to and told this is what you should have even the idea of mortgage. I'm not a business person, but I thought the idea of a mortgage and the marriage was also a financial thing, right? So, sorry, Simmer. I, it, oh, sorry, it, Trish. Is, you are exactly, exactly right. It all comes down to marketing. A lot of it happened uh, after World War II of, you know, the white picket fence. And yes, exactly. A lot of, uh, I mean, a lot of this comes back to uh, architects and and designers of the future. But I, I do want to say just physically, and, and there are some other MD physicians in here, that um, pornography is a chemical. It's, yes, it mm. looks like a picture and it looks like this and that, but it is a chemical no, no different than heroin in how it affects your head. And because we're marketed with sex so much that um, we get addicted to these pictures and ideas of what sex is, but we're not told how powerful it really mm -hmm. is because it keeps us down in these, in these uh, yucky places of addiction instead of the power that actually creates, um, you know, manifesting everything. So thank you. did That was great. I would say I, that I too. I think it's toxic. I, I want to hear about Isaiah from Isaiah and Guy. Isaiah, you had been starting to talk before. Hi. Uh, yeah. Thank. Thank you for having me on stage. Um, it's an interesting discussion, and uh, I believe uh, Heyman mentioned something about um, like people not really knowing uh, what. Uh, sex is and how uh, as an as individuals and as a society we we construct uh, the meaning of sex um, so based on what I hear from a lot of the clubhouse rooms and it, 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 it's quite um, 
a, a popular topic in, in some of the rooms. It's like people speak about it as if it's the most important thing in, in like in the whole wild world or even the whole universe, you know, as, <laughs> even if it, it just comprised a certain fraction of our relationships um, or uh, even a, a, a small part of our society, maybe. And it puts a lot of pressure on individuals. Um, and this pressure could end up having people make some uh, bad choices about their lives. Um, and, and also, it also boils down to um, to marketing and um, the the, the market forces uh, that are saying that, or oh, if you're single, you know, why not try go to the dating app? Why not buy this and that? You know, um, it's like people are using sex as a replacement for a lot of things that, as a society, uh, we're starting that uh, to lose uh, and disintegrate, like this um, connections are familiar um, and connections are friendships. We're using this to replace um, happiness, uh, especially uh, we're talking about um, loneliness. Uh, and it, it, I hope that we don't come to a point where we, we marginalize uh, people. You know, how about those people who never had sex their entire lives? Um, does it mean that they're outcasts um, in, in our society? Does it mean that they don't have a good life? Uh, if we're using sex. Oh, that is such a great point, Isaiah. Thank you. That is an amazingly good point. You are, you are com completely right. We can't deal out people who choose not to have sex or don't have sex because they make that choice and just devalue them. That's exactly. so true. Exactly. Yeah. Did you want to say something? No, that's it. Um, because we have what they call uh, singleism, uh, where people are, where single people are being discriminated um, in terms of finance or housing um, on the basis of their civil status that they chose to be uh, single or might not, be, or might be celibate for uh, to a certain extent. Uh, because if we are basing the concept of happiness with just having sex or dating or relationship, then we, we incorrectly assume that a lot of people aren't happy with their lives. Uh, so I think that's, um, that's, that's, that's something that we have to think about. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I think in some instance, everybody at one point, it has been or will be discriminated. Is it because you're, you, you are, your body is this way or that way because uh, of expectations on how body should be, which is another pressure when we come to sex as well, especially women and how women body is objectified. You say objectified in English? No, Sorry. objectified. 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 Thank you for helping me, right? But I do think that you can explore yourself if you get to get what Dr. Trish described. It's a, a blessing because it's the ultimate call for a, a relationship between two people, right? But it doesn't happen to everybody. So, you know, I and I feel that we should have the freedom to explore, even if it's to get to that point, 
you know, without moral judgment, without limitations, is entirely up to you as an individual and your own limits, right? How you're going to use and explore your body and your pleasures. That's how I see independent of procreation. And even if you find that 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 ultimate uh, climax, right, with somebody else, right, procreation, it's another decision. It's another thing. It's another debate that women should have the freedom to choose and to decide, even if she has a partner. But Guy, I haven't heard from you, and we're getting toward the end of the room. Would you like to weigh in? Hmm. Hello. Respects to everybody in this room. Uh, I felt uh, a lot of excitation, a lot of eagerness to speak on the subject, and so I was happily enjoying. Um, I can only speak from my own personal experience in my culture, in my community, uh, what happened to me as a child, uh, the education and the values that were ingrained into me. Um, that's pro that is what ultimately helped me to see a lot of clarity in the matter. As adults, it's a very much like uh, Guta Ji said, it's a personal choice. We can't inter interject or intervene in adult choices. So that part is true. So the key obviously lies in uh, educating the children at the right age and helping them to understand, uh, like also Dr. Trish, what she was saying, very true. It's actually considered the highest ideal path that uh, two individuals can have. And it is a power. It is, it is probably the most powerful magic that exists. It is the means to create life. It is the means to manifest if one person can manifest anything with the with the power of thought then we can only imagine or, or can we even imagine what can be manifested when two individuals experience that sacred space within their bodies and for that understanding our bodies is so vital understanding our uh, you know our spiritual existence our uh, physical layers um, the chitta, the memory in the nervous system, the finest relative existence, and so forth. And uh, for this, education is the key. A absolutely. Education, education, education. When the education happens, then automatically the child, in my culture, uh, the, the girls, when they're, uh, you know, just five years old, seven years old, there are certain um, samskaras, uh, certain rituals that they go through, which uh, expands their consciousness, which gives them that imprint, that experience, what it means to be a goddess. J imagine the imprint, a child, a baby girl, uh, just five, seven years old, getting that imprint and having that divine experience to be a goddess. Now, when she grows up, one can easily see, would she choose to be a perverted uh, a kind of personality or would she be the dignity the human dignity that she's meant to be and the divine dignity she can aspire to be she can evolve to be same for the men same for the boys as well Kai. and the young boys uh, the, the, sorry there's a lot of 
Go ahead. Sorry, I'm just wondering, like, though, like, when we say all this, does there, like, you know, like the Maslow's hierarchy, you need to have the basics, right? You need to have food, water, shelter first before you go to the next level. Uh, does this also matter for the uh, sexual uh, sort of pinnacle? Like, I'm just wondering, like, uh, a girl who maybe, like, as you said, or anyone who's actually training for that, like, if they don't have clean water, uh, sustainable food, income, uh, shelter, are they School. technically going to be real but, actualizing? But sex is at the bottom of Maslow's hierarchy. Sex is... At the bottom? Is, oh. It, it's just like food. It's not... It's not uh, we've been marketed to to believe that it's something else. But sex is, is food. It's just how we're all wired. And that wiring is used against us. So people that want us under their control for whatever reason, they use the marketing our limbic brains in order to, to be able to do that. But he's right about imprinting. You know, it's like imprinting horses to be all that they can be when they're, when they're born. Imprinting is a big deal. And if you believe that you should be uh, some mystical character when you're two or three years old, uh, the, <laughs> the science goes that you will start to manifest this incredible part of yourself that you totally believe. Okay. Does an imprinting go against critical thinking? Can I pop in for a second here? Yeah, let Simmer, let's let's let Simmer and Sinead uh, pop in because I'm watching the time and I want to hear from both of them. Go ahead, Simmer. I'll I'll try and keep mine short, but I've been trying to like (laughs) not pop in when um, it wasn't appropriate to do so. So I just wanted to kind of hit a couple of things here. Um, One of the things is this idea of you know, it's it's interesting that Maslow's hierarchy was brought in and the conversation around marketing was brought in. Maslow's hierarchy is in itself propaganda and itself is, um, you know, is a part of that marketing, right? Um, this is, he stole that information of like having a hierarchy of needs from the Sixica nation. But what, what he did was he rearranged all the capitalistic needs of the society that he belonged to at the bottom, which doesn't actually follow what that community where he spent nine months um, developing his ideas around this. What, when he misappropriated that information, it wasn't based in that. And so that disconnection in itself reminds us again how marketing works, right? Marketing works where Maslow's hierarchy is considered some sort of um, scientific thing, whereas like it's not, right? It's a misappropriated piece of work um, that has been highly ridiculed. <laughs> And so, and it it shows how there's an erasure happening with indigeneity, with with various other needs. Um, And again, like when we're talking about like all of these things, um, I mean, a couple of the articles that were reviewed, they they mentioned a little bit about um, how women are too much, um, how it's how the um, how the uh, article one of the articles was how how there's more uh, biometric um, sex objects that are being sold. Um, and all of these things are being ne- like talked about it there. But the thing that they continuously are kind of like not addressing is why, why is there popularity of these things? Even with pornography, what, why, like Gouda had actually 
um, I wanted to thank you for making that de um, delineation there. Why is it that they are more concerned about the consumption rather than the actual production? They don't care about um, the high rates of um, sexual assaults in that industry. They don't care about the ways in which um, human trafficking occurs in that industry. They don't care about, like, those are not the things that they are addressing in these articles, but rather addressing the consumption of it because this society that we live in right now is all about consumption, right? Everything is about consumption. And in this process, sex is also thought of as like another thing that you just need to consume. We are consumers, we consume this thing. Whereas like our understanding of sex, when we're in those positions of actually engaging in sex um, and enjoying it, it, it's not just for consumption, it's for um, exhilaration. And that's very different from just consumption. Because if if it's just consumption, then we would just look at the orgasm gap and say that there's a major problem here, right? We would say that, hey, if only 11% of women are saying that they've ever experienced an orgasm, there's a problem. Really? It used to be a much higher number than that. And I thought that was low. 11% right now. Wow. Barbara, is that what you find? Oops, Barbara's gone. Well, the question is, is uh, do they know what an orgasm is? What's... Yes, do you know what is an orgasm? No, but some most don't. No, 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 no. no That's do really low. Do you know what is an, a woman's orgasm? I, 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 I don't. I don't. I'm just asking. Exactly. Oh, well, Come on. My question. We should to know what the pleasure be, we feel. Does, how we does feel. anybody? And does anybody know what is? I'm here. Uh, what is cosmic bliss? Satchitananda. Has anybody experienced? Uh, the, the highest state of bliss. Well, let's, that's let's another issue. Organs. I hope Shall we go I back have, to the question? but you have to believe. Yeah. Okay, let's, let, yeah, that's an unsolvable question because it's a spiritual question. Um, but we have time. We're going to have two more people speak. And if Sinead is going to give up I'm, a spot. I'm still here. Okay, speak. Okay. <laughs> I know that was rude, but I didn't mean it that way. Okay, I don't take it that way. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of research around orgasm for women. And uh, there's a huge percentage of women who do not have vaginal orgasm. They have stimulation, but they don't have vaginal. Um, but they do have it, you know, clitoral. And I don't want to get into too much of the, the <laughs> biological side of it. Um, but it is important um, to understand that difference, right? And one thing, I just wanted to say that because, from Dr. Francine, you mentioned this early on, why women and men are distancing is this thing that you mentioned that research around women, men don't want to be told to change, right? Men want to be, just like women want to be loved and included and valued for exactly the way that they are, right? And, right. and so, so do men. So I really think that we, when we honor our differences and one thing that I just want to leave with, with women and you may already all know this, but I have to tell you to have, you know, intimate, you know, relationship with a man to, to really appreciate him in that moment is, is, and, and vice versa is incredible. And that really is the height, height of it all. But yeah, there is definitely gender differences in orgasm around uh, vaginal for sure. Yeah. It's not as uh, there's a myth out there that, that it's 80% vaginal and it's not. It's more in the 20s to 30s. So, yeah. Okay. And also read, Barbara, that there are I'm, I'm other for... types of orgasm that you don't really need intercourse. 
right? Yes. It's all in your senses and everything. So there's a lot to explore. Dr. Francine, Norman is asking to come up, please. I, I know he is. Okay, Norman, come on up. But we've got to show. This is Sinead. Mm-hmm. I just, oh, I'm sorry, Dr. Oh, go ahead, Sinead. Yeah, I just well, quickly wanted to say, because you could do a whole room on this, is anytime I'm involved in a conversation with sex, I see that it turns to relationships. And I personally don't think they're the same relationships, um, that, that sex is sacred. I believe it's up to an individual. If you want to connect that to intimacy or monogamy, that's fine. But I think that sex should be taught to us as the natural state that it is and not have shame or pressure attached to it. And then therefore that makes for a whole new conversation. Um, yeah, but then you got to get rid of religion. Well, exactly, and that's my point. Is that I mean, yeah. if, but if you somebody, don't have an idea of all and religions, procreation, right? like, but in order to in order for you to say something like that, right? Like, we have to get rid of all religion. That that would insinuate that you understand all religion. If you're talking yeah. about Christianity, I was just being funny, yeah. you know. But if if we, we if we only understand Abrahamic kind of um, institutes, then we should name those Abrahamic institutes. If you're talking about something specific, right? Like, religion is not. Um, it's not how, you know, like, it's not just centered around Western thought. And I just wanted to kind of, like, denote that really quick. No, and you're right. Simon. Honestly, if I had followed my religion of birth, I would be like a hyena nowadays. <laughs> Norm, take us home. Oh, what a sweet offer. And thank you so much. Um, I was waiting for the moment when a guy was going to explain uh, the female orgasm to women. <laughs> I'm not going to uh, We almost got there. I, that was going to be a classic clubhouse uh, <laughs> moment. <laughs> I would never touch that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wanted to hear that so badly. It's like cheese. So, it's different varieties. <laughs> so I, I want to thank you for this. And uh, I want to share a, a little bit who I am as a guy. And I want to lead with emotional vulnerability. Um, it's something that uh, is kind of central in my love life. And uh, needless to say, it's complicated. And connected with that is trust. So those are, this has to do uh, with uh, sex. Oh, I left out the term intimacy. And I don't want to sound like sort of corny and cliche. I'm just trying to share with you, you know, what I've learned along my travels. I, I had some serious girlfriends. I was married and divorced. Um, and I'm still learning. And, uh, you know, uh, full disclosure, I'm in my 60s. And I am still, still learning. So I, I wanted to mention this idea of uh, connection. So emotional vulnerability, trust, intimacy, uh, connection, which is so important. As a small example, when there was a, a violent shooting in my neighborhood last week uh, on the subway, like not far from my house, it's like I wanted to know that someplace somebody loved me. Like I'm not really with anybody now, but I wanted to know that I was loved. And that's an interesting thing, you know, Um like when, as we are, uh, if anybody's ever in extreme danger, I think what's on their lips is either like their mother and that love or, or the human that they love. Right. So, um, yeah. And, uh, along those, 
along those lines, I just wanted to mention what I tried to teach my kid when he went off to college and he hadn't had any intimate relations yet, which was uh, be friends first and, uh, and, and and make sure that you like the person. This might sound like a funny thing, but kids um, hook up now. And I, I, to me, that's uh, that's not what I wanted for him. Let's put it that way for my kid. And um, no, they're not hooking up. That's what I. We just spent an hour talking about how the younger people weren't hooking up. It's the older people that are more interested in sex. But I have to. I have to close the room. I, I love this topic, and I love all of you. And once again, thank you for coming by and participating and sharing your opinions. And um, there's some people whose opinions I really needed to hear today. David, you are one of them. And um, and thank and you for the education, too, because I think yes. the Maslow's uh, is going to be reconsidered a lot. Yes, and Simmer, thank you for the information about Maslow's hierarchy. Dr. Ingrid, Guta. Barbara, yeah, so so a thousand thanks for showing up, and we're going to do this again next yep. week. It's probably not going to be on sex because I'm leaning toward um, leaning toward figuring out what's happening with Twitter, but I'm not sure yet what what it's going to be next week. So you'll just have to show up and uh, support the Karma Club, and no matter what it's discussing. And also thank you to all those who joined us from the call-in side as well. Um, so thank you. Next oh. one, we have the guy describing female orgasm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next will be a bunch of doctors. Thanks, everyone. That yeah. <laughs> bye, bye, everybody. Take care, all. Bye. bye. bye.